Welcome to episode 57 of the UK Run Chat podcast. I'm Joe Williams and in this episode I speak with ultra runner Tom Evans. Tom is a professional runner who burst onto the scene when finishing third in the Marathon des Sobles back in 2017. He's a Red Bull partner and will be taking part in their Wings for Life World Run next weekend. To learn more about Wings for Life, an event where 100% of all entry fees go to spinal cord research, please go to www.wingsforlifeworldrun.com. This is a fascinating chat with Tom. Do enjoy and we will see you on the next episode. Welcome, Tom. Thanks for coming on the on the podcast. How are you? Very well, thank you. Very well. How are you? Yeah, I'm really good. Really good, thank you. Thanks for hosting the uh, the chat hour last night. No, it was it was really good. It was yeah, interesting. A definitely a different way of doing things. Something I've not done before. But yeah, some amazing questions, sort of outside the box. That's yeah, that's always great. And yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully answered some people's questions. And yeah, they are, are more knowledge, knowledgeable now. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you. So you, you really burst on the running scene, didn't you, a, a few years back? And I, I was very interested in your in your story when it came out. For, for those who don't know, t- tell us about that first event and when you when you started. <laughs> yeah, so I was. Um, I guess I'll start a little bit further back. I was always really sporty when I was growing up and when I was at school and. I then left school after my A-levels uh, and I joined the British Army and I went to Sandhurst and uh, commissioned into yeah. the Welsh Guards and the military is obviously, you do lots of sport and I kept playing sports and it was great for camaraderie and teamwork and yeah, you can learn lots of lessons in sport and I guess sort of I kind of got to the point in my career where I didn't feel like I could turn up to work with a black eye on Monday morning after playing <laughs> rugby or something similar um, <laughs> was that your sport was it tom was it was rugby yeah, your, yeah your big team, I mean, yeah. It was sort of rugby uh hockey cricket sort of you name it i would yeah i, I would try it. it yeah any excuse any excuse to play sports instead of having to do work um yeah. <laughs> and the army is yeah is has got an amazing sports policy um so yeah i then i'd always been fit when i was at school and i was definitely never the best sports player but i was always the fittest and I'd always seem to be better than I was because at the end of matches, I would be the one who scored the winning try or uh, yeah. made the sort of try saving tackle. I think just because I wasn't as tired as everyone else, I yeah. had that endurance from a young age. And mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, it made me, I was probably pretty useless, but it, I'm, it made me look <laughs> like I was, I was quite useful. Um and yeah, I'd ended up sort of just getting into sort of doing more and more running and uh, training with the British Army. And yeah, I signed up to um, to Marathon to Saab. Uh, I signed up in 2016 for the race in 2017 as part of a part of a bet with some friends who did it in the 2016 edition and did really well. Uh, finished in the top 300. Uh, and I said, ah, oh, uh, you guys did well, but I, I think I could do better. Um, yeah. After yeah, this was after a couple of beers. Well, talk, and, talk us talk us through that. I was interested in that and that and that whole conversation. So go on. You, your pals had already ran it, and they finished in the top three hundred, did they? Yes, yeah, they finished in the top three hundred, um, and we we're just chatting through it. And I had never done any ultras, never done anything remotely similar, but thought, oh, asked yeah. of how how hard can it be? And I'm fitter than these guys, and yeah, I genuinely believe that I can I can do better. And even if I finish 
top 200 um yeah it would it would be better and yeah just i as i started doing more and more training i got really into it and yeah there i was a year so 10 months later stood on the start line not really knowing what to expect having prepared prepared on my own and sought some advice from people who had done the race previously but it was yeah very much sort of a trial and error approach and still working full-time in the army um and yeah it just had just had the most incredible experience at marathon de saab that's yeah fast forward a couple of years and uh and here we are today now not in the army and yeah as a professional full-time ultra distance trail runner yeah now you you very humbly didn't mention there that you finished third in that race didn't you (laughs) (laughs) yes um yeah I, i still have to sort of pinch myself um to remind me that it happened is it's such a yeah it's such a competitive race and to be able to do that sort of in my yeah in my first race was uh yeah, fairly crazy. Um, and yeah. I watched Marathon de Saab this year, sort of dot tracking. Um, and yeah, definitely, definitely sort of relights the relights the fire. Yeah. So how much did that take you by surprise then? Because you, you, you've just said, obviously, you were very fit growing up and you, and you noticed that playing team sports and you're obviously in the military. So you're going to be very fit from that as well. But how surprised were you when you came third overall? I think at the time, yeah, very surprised. And it was, for me, it was just really nice to be able to compare myself to others. So I thought that I was fit, but I didn't really know what that meant in relation to other people. And yeah, yeah, so at the time, yeah, I was surprised. But then sort of the more, the more and more I look back on it, it sort of, for me, it makes, it now makes complete sense that I'm, reasonably good at endurance and long events and I enjoy the long events of looking at yeah so if I look back at my childhood and this was always what I was best at school cross countries I would always win but my friends didn't do cross country running they all played team sports and I was very sociable growing up and I wanted to be part of a team and I think at the time yeah athletics especially of the longer distances as a growing up for me, it wasn't a, it wasn't the done thing. Um, so sort of the school that I went to, and then in I was, I was at boarding school, so I didn't really join a an athletics club when I was there. I sort of just did it at school, and yeah, none yeah. of my friends did, it and I happened to be good at it, and so I would do it on a couple of times a week, and but that was yeah, that was that was about it, and um, yeah. the only reason that I really did it, and tried hard at it was so that I could I could be better in the team sports um so yeah so looking back on it it makes it makes complete sense that this is this is where I've ended up and I still love the the camaraderie around the team and I've sort of created it yes running is an individual sport but actually the teamwork involved to get you onto the start line um is yeah is quite amazing and I've sort of worked really hard in creating this team around me so I've still got the elements of the teamwork that I like but also the elements of sort of actually being a a little bit of an introvert and then being able to go out on in these races and give everything on my own with sort of no real external motivation um yeah for me now looking back on it it makes did I think I would finish third no but looking back on it did I think that 
I would do well. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. They uh, and and I. It it does it does make you wonder. I wonder how many other you know sports people that are out there that you know went into professional team sports that always ran from childhood through to you know being adults. I don't know footballers and sprinters and other you know and other other sports. It makes you wonder, you know, if they if they channel down into running just solely running, how good they would be. Um, because yeah, I think I think yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think something something super super interesting, but I yeah, you can't imagine many uh, many footballers are going to hand in their contracts with big <laughs> yeah. Premier League teams to uh, to start professional running. Um, yeah, I don't I don't think that will happen any anytime soon. Good point. Um, so you mentioned some stuff about teamwork then, and you know, and you you um, and and running as an individual. How how much of it? Sorry, let me go back a step. How old were you when you went in the army? Uh, I was 18. 18. So to my, so I'm not a military man, Tom, but my, my, if I think about the military I, the, the, and the characteristics of people in the military, I, I immediately think organized, disciplined, fit. And the, yeah. and the, the other thing that I see when I see, like you see the Royal Marine Commando adverts on the TV and it's very much about teamwork and being, you're part of a regiment, aren't you? So how... How has, because you spoke about your building a team around you then, how has your military experience helped you now that you've come over into professional running? And how different is it, you know, being part of a regiment, I suppose, to, to being a, you know, a runner on your own? I think, really good question. Um, I think for me, it's, there is always someone in a better place who has got a better understanding of the problem that, you are facing. So whether it is um, an injury um, <clears throat> or your nutrition or a race strategy, um, never be afraid to ask for help. And that's of what I certainly what I found in the in the military is I was sort of very much a, a generalist and did a little bit of everything. Whereas there were some people who had spent years and years and years focusing on small niche areas Mm -hmm. who were far better suited to come up with the solution, even though in in theory and on paper I was in charge, Mm -hmm. I had absolutely no idea because I hadn't done it. I hadn't done it for that long. And Mm -hmm. I was I then wasn't afraid to ask for help. And I think that's that's definitely the mindset that I've come into with running. Yes, I need to take 100% responsibility, mm-hmm. even if things go wrong. And if my, say, for example, if I get misdiagnosed by a physio for one injury and it actually turns out to be something else, yeah. you could be really frustrated and say, oh, it's their fault and they did this and they did that and they didn't do this, they didn't do that. But yeah. actually, at the end of the day, it was my decision to go to that physio. So I'm the person who has to take responsibility. So, and I think for me, not shying away from that responsibility and being able to put my hands up and say, yeah, yes, I am the person who has got to do the running, which is seen as the difficult part, but actually I'm not too proud to ask for help from people who maybe you've, maybe they've run for less time than I have, or they maybe haven't had the same results that I've had, or they're a physio, they're a nutritionist, they're a coach, mm-hmm. be it whoever they are. I 
am more than happy to ask for help and put my hands up and say, look, my understanding of this isn't as, is nowhere near as good as yours. And I would absolutely mm -hmm. love to have some help. And I'm more than happy to listen to anyone who's willing to give advice. And yeah. some of it you'll absorb and you'll use and other of it you might choose to ignore because actually you don't agree with it or you don't think it, but actually still at the end of the day, it's then you still taking that 100% responsibility. The information mm -hmm. is out there. It's just about you trying to listen to the information and then sort it out, sieve through it, see what works and mm -hmm. then take, yeah, 100% responsibility for your actions, whether that's speaking to people and asking for help or it's the pace that you go out in a, training run there's mm -hmm. no one else who's no one else is controlling what i do um yeah. so yeah i need to take full responsibility even if it's not directly my decision mm -hmm. and i think yeah i think that's exactly what you do in the military yes yeah it's very interesting um when you, you know when you you sorry when you entered the marathon des sables you, you were you were still in the military you said then weren't you yes yeah what was it was it as was it a part of, was that the catalyst for you, for you leaving the military to, to actually move into running or were you coming to the end of your career anyway? Or No, yeah, that was definitely, that was definitely the start of things. And I had never imagined mm -hmm. after doing the race that I'd be thinking about, about leaving. Um, yeah. And I think for, for me, as I very quickly realised that consistency and planning for races yeah. and training was incredibly important. Um, mm -hmm. And what I was not able to do, geez, in the army, I didn't know what I was doing next week, yeah. let alone in six months time. And I compare yeah. that to now, geez, I've, if all goes to plan, touch wood, I've planned my races if a 2022, 2023 and 2024, I have an idea of what I would like to do and what training camps I would like to do. And there's absolutely no yeah. way you, I could do that in the army. And I sort of took that responsibility and said, right, in order for me to be as good as I possibly can be and to really try and find what my limits of both physical and mental endurance is, I need to take this more seriously. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, I then I was then um, approached by some um, by some different sponsors who have now become partners. Um, yeah, who yeah truly believed in my dream and my vision of sort of trying to find what yeah what I'm possible of doing and doing that in races and um, and in sort of FKTs and projects subsequently. Um, yeah. and yeah, it then got to a point in two thousand and after winning uh the ccc in 2018 yeah. i handed in my notice the day after with the army and sort of had to serve for another year um mm -hmm. and because yeah the opportunities were were too good to turn down and again i had to then take that 100 percent responsibility that you're leaving sort of arguably one of the most stable jobs around yeah at a yeah, at a crux time, I was 26 at this point. Um, and yeah, in a very stable, very, yeah, a well-paying job. I absolutely loved what I did. And I'd done it for the last eight years. 
and to all of a sudden say, oh, no, I'm actually going to become a professional ultra endurance athlete and a trail runner, which in the UK doesn't really exist. Um, There aren't any real role models of people who are trying to do it full time. Um, Whether that's, yeah, because the UK is small and there isn't that much opportunity for these. There certainly wasn't four or five years ago and it now really is growing. And yeah, I had decided that in order for me to, to try and reach my potential, what I needed to do was become full time. And then once I then made that decision, it was then right. You know what you have to do. Now is the, the problem solving part. How do you fund this? How do you get partners and sort of create this team around you who really believe in your vision and want to see you succeed as much as I want to succeed? Yeah. And yeah, how do we make it work? Um, so yeah, it was it was a pretty of a pretty scary, pretty scary jump. Um, but yeah, and certainly yeah, I left the army in two thousand and nine, middle of two thousand and nineteen, and obviously not say not mentioning the c word. Um, we yeah. then had yeah twenty 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 one where I didn't race and I was then injured and yeah, it was yeah. really really difficult. But a lot of hard work before. Um, sort of creating the conditions where I was able to do this full time, even if I was injured. Yeah. Because I had partnered with people and companies who, yeah, trusted and believed in me and in my vision, and not just in the short term, but in the in the long term. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which is then, yeah, they trusted me. Sort of, yeah. When I was during COVID and when I was injured, that now mm-hmm. I'm back on start lines and back racing um yeah. so yeah that sort of return of investment is is there yeah i'll come i'll come on to your partners in a minute and your um and your injury as well it, you um it, it's very inspiring what you've done as well like you say because you know people listening to this they they may be in you know stable jobs and in you know and have families and and commitments and that kind of thing and have something that they would you know aspire to do or to be or to, or to have and you know, hearing that story is it is inspiring. It's it, it, and like you said, it was a it was a big leap that you took. Um, it it must be mentally reassuring for you to to um. You said that you didn't know from week to week what you were doing in the military, and and yet now you can plan two, three, you know, one, two, three years ahead. Um, it, is it how how much does that help you mentally? Yeah, I think I think hugely. I think. For me, yeah, just knowing what I'm doing is is really important. And I think people really dislike the unknown. Um, that sort of suspense of not, yeah, not having that sort of security and that stability, I think can be, yeah, can be really, really difficult. And I think for me now, it's so nice to be able to sit down and look through my calendar and speak to family and friends and say, oh yeah, I'm going to be away for, this week or this month and I'm racing on this weekend and I, yeah, I can then plan things. Um, I'm incredibly close with my family and friends and my fiance, Sophie, and mm-hmm. who's also a professional athlete, which definitely makes things easier at points, but harder at other points because we're both trying to plan a professional racing yeah. career um, and trying to plan a season and how do we make it work? But yeah, just having that, that foresight to be able to plan. Yeah. I think is, is yeah. super super important because without that then 
yeah, you end up sort of procrastinating and before you know it, six months has gone past and you've not really achieved anything. And with that, sort of like I, I like sort of breaking things down and setting goals and whether it's a purely running related goal or it's a, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm big into my cooking, um, right? I'm going to develop a, a new recipe that I can use on for race day minus one, for example. Um, yes. And I'm, yeah, and by doing that, it gives me, I, again, using that word responsibility, I then take 100% responsibility mm-hmm. for those actions. And yeah, at the same time, I have that consistency that I know exactly what I'm doing. Um, and I'm able to plan not just for the week, but yeah, for the months and the years ahead. And yes, things do change. And yeah. you have to be sort of pretty flexible and agile uh, in your mind. But that's then why I've created this team who, when problems do arise, I have these incredible minds around me, whether that's my nutritionist or my manager or my partners or so my fiance, who are able to, yeah, who are able to help. And yeah, lots of minds is better than one mind. Yeah. Um, and then you, yeah, you can help get people to help you with, with those problems. And I think the people who are listening to this now sort of will really see this theme of teamwork, whereas actually you think running is such an individual sport, but actually the power of the team is so much stronger. And so to use the phrase, if you, if you want to, if you want to go fast, go solo, if you want to go long, go together. And I think it's so important that whether it's people that you train with or it's having a really healthy relationship with a coach or your running group or your running friends, whoever it is, it really helps not just as a, as a motivating factor, but also as a, as a soundboard. Um, because yeah, there are, there is always someone out there who knows a little bit more about a certain subject than you do. Uh, and if you honestly believe that, you know, the best out of everyone, then yeah, something has gone seriously, seriously wrong. (laughs) Tell us about your partners then. Um, I know you, you work with Red Bull and, um, is it, and Adidas? Yeah. Yeah. So I've been, yeah, incredibly, incredibly fortunate. Uh, I signed with Red Bull the day before, uh, I won CCC in 2018. And for me, that's, yeah, that's a huge, that was a huge amount of trust put in me that, uh, yes, I had some good results, but I hadn't had any, any huge results. And for them to sort of, to put their faith in me, um, was, yeah, was amazing. And those are the exact partners that, that I want to work with. And so I use the, yeah, I use sort of the saying sort of, I don't, I don't kiss on the first date, um, (laughs) with partners because actually I want to, I don't want these partners who are around for six months or a year. I want these partners who are going to be there for the long run through the bad times and the good times. Um, yeah. And that's exactly what I found with Red Bull, Adidas Terex um, and Garmin who have, yeah, have all just been, yeah, have been there from the very beginning. And yes, there have been, yeah, bad times and good times. But the one thing that has remained constant is, their support and nothing is too difficult and I think by aligning yourself with people who have got very similar values um is yeah makes you want to work harder for them but also they then want to work harder for you and I take to the example with Red Bull Red Bull's charity partner uh Wings for Life on the 8th of May have got a Wings for Life world run that is a 
yeah, an amazing event um, with the yeah with the goal of curing spinal cord injuries. Um, yes. Something that is yeah something that's incredibly close to my heart. And this event is a it's a running race with no set finish line and a catcher car that starts 30 minutes after the runners start and it starts at exactly the same time all around the world. And what we're doing is we're running for those who can't. And because I've aligned myself with Red Bull and our vision is the same and our goals are very similar. Um, what I, I, what, what I want to do with this race is get as many people to do it. And what I want to do is with my performance, make it a talking point and actually yes it, it's not a real race it's a charity race it's a fun run but what it's i want to do concept, is, isn't it it's an amazing oh, concept it's, mm. it's an absolutely incredible concept and mm. i think it and it was probably one of the original app runs sort of pre-covid it was a it was done on an app so it was super accessible for everyone and i think they've struggled maybe a little bit this year because it's an app run and we're now through covid and app runs have seemed to be a thing of the past but i uh, yeah i'm i'm flying to vienna um to yeah to really be a part of yeah to be a huge part of this race and yeah i'm super excited it's such a great concept and 100 yeah. of the uh of your sign up fee goes to spinal cord research um and red bull pick up all the costs associated with with running the race which i think is yeah incredibly rare um and yeah, yeah being able weekend, isn't it that one but it, is it yeah maybe exactly it? yeah may the 8th yeah may the 8th um, starting around lunchtime, depending on where you are. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just an incredible event. And I want to, I want to give my all for my partners and my partners sort of end up move, trying to move heaven and earth sort of in order to allow me to do the best performance that I possibly can, because my voice is uh, my performances. And if I can, if I can put in a real shift uh, on the 8th of May and hopefully it will get people talking and, yeah. exposure for the charity will go up and yeah the charity yeah, can then um yeah more donations which i we are then helping to find a cure for spinal injury which i think is yeah is just an absolutely uh incredible thing yeah couldn't agree more what have you, have you got a number in mind what you're aiming for oh that would be telling that would be telling <laughs> oh, uh, after an exclusive <laughs> i think i think i'm capable of six minute miling um for a yeah for a fairly long chunk and to sort of to see that the the 100k world record was broken this weekend i will probably go out in a similar sort of pace yeah. um so Maybe. yeah just mm -hmm. over yeah around six minute miling um this vienna is such a beautiful place and yeah my motivation for doing it is not necessarily to to get big numbers but yes i want to run big numbers so people talk about it and it helps to grow awareness for the charity um so yeah i i just really hope i can have a yeah a successful day not for me but for the charity and we can raise a shed load of money um in order to find a cure for spinal cord Injuries. Yeah, wings, wings for life will run. That is, and I'll add, I'll add links to that in our um, perfect. Thank you. In our notes and that. Hey, just coming back to the, you mentioned your injury. I know you, you, you've, you've been injured quite recently, haven't you? And I, yeah, you were speaking yeah. about your team as well. I, I, I read, um, I dug out the edition of Runners World where you spoke to them after your injury, and you spoke about going to the Red Bull Athlete Performance Center. Just 
tell me about tell us a bit about that injury and how you got through that and um and and the the teamwork bit as well that you mentioned within that performance. Yeah. Yeah, so I had a I had a bit of a I say a shocker of an injury so everything that could have possibly gone wrong in my right knee did go wrong in my right knee. Um through a a combination of different things I had a I had a fall um thing and I tore the cartilage but kept trying to go through it and then that then changed my running mechanics and that led to sort of serious IT band issues and more yeah. swelling and yeah it was a very it was very unhealthy um and looking back on it um, I yes I have to take full responsibility and I do take full responsibility and I take full responsibility that it was <laughs> what my actions were completely wrong and had I taken different actions at the start and been a little bit more sensible would I have needed an operation no probably not but Mm -hmm. I did what I did and I have to take full responsibility for that and yeah after I'd broken myself it was yeah Red Bull um, Athlete Performance Center based in uh, in Austria just outside Salzburg uh, near the headquarters uh, in Fuschel um, have got this incredible setup sort of that it can sort of only be described as sort of a Premier League football-esque rehab facility um, because, yeah, the Red Bull want their athletes to to perform and to be as good as they possibly can be. And they realise that in order to win gold, you have to invest gold. Um, and, yeah, just the most incredible hands-on support, not just in Austria, but when I was in the UK, um, yeah. I work, yeah, closely with closely with some different physios. So predominantly, uh, a guy called Doug Jones at uh, Altius in Manchester, um, who, yeah, are absolutely incredible. Um, and we took a very sort of holistic approach and didn't just look at the injury, but thought, right, what else? What else can we do in order to get better? And then, yes, we want to fix this injury, but to to make sure that things don't go wrong again. So folk did lots of Pilates, did yoga, focused on core, yeah. focused on biomechanics. And yeah, so sort of kind of ticked every box and taking that responsibility again. That's a key word that, right, yes, this has happened, but let's learn from these mistakes and let's not, let's not let it happen again. And yes, I then had to have, uh, have surgery because things had sort of gone, gone beyond what was rehabable. Um, without sort of a serious intervention um, and yeah I then went out to went out to Austria to the uh, Red Bull Athlete Performance Center the APC um, just before so for a month before Christmas and yeah with the idea of returning to running they've got the most incredible facilities sort of with Alter G treadmills and amazing sensors and strength testing equipment that mm-hmm. yeah I haven't got access to uh, in the UK and yeah it was just I sort of kind of describe it as for every week I spent out there I probably made three weeks gains that I would have done had I been in the UK so yeah, yeah just an incredible opportunity and yeah forever forever thankful for Red Bull for one having this facility to look after their athletes and yeah and then allowing me to come out and train and rehab and yeah which is consequently led me to yeah to be back racing where I am now and to be in the shape and the form that I am now which I'm yeah super happy about which then should hopefully set me up yeah really nicely for a for a big 2022 um 
and to have you, that you, to have that support from those partners is yeah is just incredible yeah very very good you you you, you meant you made a comment in that in that same article you said that a lot of the rehab stuff initially was very uninstagrammable which i thought was great it, yeah it, it's having it's having that discipline to do the all those little things you, you know that aren't like yeah i suppose that's a great way of putting it uninstagrammable they're, they're not flashy they're, they're very often very very small movements and exercises you have to just be really disciplined with don't you to to to, to build your base up again yeah 100 percent. i think people like people like doing the i would do, and even with training people like doing the sexy sessions they like doing the mile reps and they like doing the 800s on the track and they don't like going out and doing really slow recovery runs um the unsexy stuff that isn't going to get as many likes on strava or yeah whatever you whatever you use to manage whatever you use to yeah to see how instagrammable or how sexy these things are and for me it's yeah basic i my my instructor going through sandhurst used a phrase of basics done well uh and that is all that he ever asked from us was that yeah we did the basics but we did them really well and i think that's what endurance is running isn't necessarily difficult and all you are trying to do is get from a to b as quickly as possible and that's the same for every running race that you can possibly do whether it's a park run or it's a hundred mile mountain ultra all you are trying to do is get your body from a to b and that's incredibly basic and yes you can complicate it but it doesn't necessarily need to be complicated and i'll sort of break things down and say right what do i need what basic skills do i need to have and how can i improve them without making things completely complex because if i'm away for a week or a couple of days i still want to be able to do these little exercises that are going to help with these sort of marginal gains of calling a british cycling phrase yes. and yeah what can i do what if i've not got access to amazing equipment and all these amazing technologies and i think yeah we can get very wrapped around all the yeah the latest technologies and the highest powered massage gun and all these things but actually there are a lot of more simple things that we can do rather than yeah spending lots of money and hoping that the results come actually a bit of hard work and dedication uh and discipline can go a really long way but yeah, yeah going to bed not using your phone two hours before you go to bed and having a really dark room when you go to sleep isn't quite as sexy as using electro muscle stimulation before <laughs> your run um and it doesn't sell so yeah i think it's yeah, doing the basics, but doing the basics incredibly well, I think is, yeah, is something that I have learned, learned in my military career that I've then brought into my running career. And I think is, yeah, is fundamental. Um, and it would be a, yeah, I think you'd struggle to find a professional athlete who d didn't do the basics very well. And you look at, you look at a football, you look at a professional football team and they still do what looks like incredible, simple, incredibly simple passing drills. Yeah. These are professional footballers who are earning hundreds of thousands of pounds a week, but they're still doing basic drills that 
you would see uh, the Loughborough under eights football yeah. team doing. Yes, and the professionals would do it much better, but it's fundamentally it's still exactly the same. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the same for running, whether you're an Olympic gold medalist for the marathon or you're trying to break five hours for the marathon. I think there are a lot of there are a lot of similarities and you can both do a lot of the same things, which are the basics. Yes, the sessions aren't going to be the same and the more sexy stuff might not be the same in terms of training, but actually you can still optimize your sleep. You can still optimize your recovery and your nutrition and do your stretching and do your foam rolling. So these basic things that, yes, they take time, but actually are fundamental um, for the success sort of part of the, yeah, part of the process. And for me, I'm very process driven and use the phrase of process, not outcome. And I think that's, for me, that's fundamental that I know that if I tick all these boxes and I follow the process and I do the process as, as well as I possibly can, then the outcome will, will look after itself. Um, And yes, sometimes, sometimes that doesn't happen. People have good days, people have bad days, but yeah, I am yeah trying to create an environment where I I can do as well as I possibly can, um, and I think yeah sort of create a create conditions where success is inevitable. Yes, success is, can never be inevitable, but you're doing all you can in order to yeah lay the foundations that yeah. you're increasing the chances of being successful. Whether that's yeah running a Olympic qualifying time for the marathon or it's breaking four hours for the marathon success is your own success it doesn't matter what other people's goals are but you can still learn a lot of lessons from people who are yeah at the top of their sport mm-hmm. what, what's um what is your tell me about your nutrition because you, you mentioned that at home so um, Sophie is a professional triathlete isn't she yes so there's, yeah there's, there's, the, there's the two of you at home what's what's it who's the chef and do you take it in turns and what does you do you help each other out with your nutrition strategies and what and you know is it a pizza on a saturday night tell us a bit more about that um we do take it in turns um but it's sort of me for 13 so for one maybe um so yeah i'm the chef but i love cooking uh for me it's uh I think it's really important to have things in your life where you can sort of completely relax and de-stress and I don't have to think about running or, or anything. Yeah. I can just, I can just cook for the enjoyment. Um, I work with, uh, with a nutritionist, um, for Red Bull, um, Stephen Smith and yeah, he sets sort of meal plans. And I think so typically what, what we do is we really periodize our nutrition plan so depending on what the training has been yeah and what it is going to be determines what foods we're going to eat um Mm -hmm. so i think for us what's really important is yes sophie and i we're not on the same training schedules and our carbohydrate requirements might be different on certain days so the ability to be able to uh manipulate a meal yeah that you can add more carbohydrate or take away carbohydrate and it to still be a meal. Like I've gone through phases of sort of weighing things out and having incredibly boring food for weeks on end where, yeah, it is, it is just that it is incredibly, incredibly boring food, Mm -hmm. but actually now 
we'll make meals and we'll really yeah we'll enjoy sitting down together and i think sort of that social side of of performance i think yeah being able to mentally relax is yeah. really important and actually is a huge huge performance um is a huge performance game because if you are sort of constantly worrying about things and weighing everything that you ate and yeah it yeah. becomes yeah it becomes really really difficult and yeah so i we will sit down at the beginning of the week and our training looks pretty similar uh, week in, week out. So we know right on a Tuesday night is going to be slightly higher carbohydrate because so it's got a long ride and I've got a long run, but actually on a, uh, on a Friday night, it might be a little bit different and we might say, okay, well actually we'll go. We've both had easy days and we've got easy days tomorrow. Let's have a slightly lower carb day, but actually let's make it, let's make it really fun and let's have, let's make sushi together or something, but then being able to say, okay, well actually, yeah, let's do, we've got a big ride. Let's do, yeah, let's do some of nice sourdough pizzas. We've got a pizza oven here and yeah, I think it's food is, is incredibly important. And we've both got such a healthy relationship with food that you don't have to cut anything out sort of things in moderation is, is great. And yes, 99% of the time we are really I say really good with food. Um, as long as we're getting, yeah, as long as you're recovering enough from a session and fueling enough for the next session, then yeah, then that's great. And I think if you're if you're too strict, it can yeah, it can lead to can lead to problems pretty quickly. And yeah, finding finding the right balance of of what works. And yes, it doesn't have to be overcomplicated. But actually, for for me, I really enjoy cooking uh, and I like making meals and things coming together rather than just having some rice some broccoli and some chicken i'd yeah. much rather i'd much rather make yeah something that is yeah it's tasty to eat and it doesn't just because it's tasty it doesn't mean it has to be unhealthy um and... you can tell you can tell you're passionate about it because you you described it as the as the social part of your training um, yeah yeah, I think it's really, I think it's really so important. I spend I spend yeah. so much time outside training and suffering that actually I want my meals to be really enjoyable and I want to be able to either sit at the table or sit in front of the telly and yeah be able to eat something that that tastes really nice and be proud of what I'm yeah be proud of what I'm making and I think food is such a yeah it's such a huge part mm-hmm. in yeah in prof- a professional athlete's life and sort of the saying you can't out train a bad diet, I think is, is so true. And I found sort of as my, as my nutrition has got better, my consistency with running is so much better. I don't have stomach. I used to sort of have some stomach issues, but now sort of with periodization of food, I know what to avoid at what times. And yeah, by taking that, going back to the word responsibility again, yes, I have a nutritionist. Yes, I have a meal planner. But actually, I'm still the one who's eating it. I'm still the one who's cooking it. So I'm the one who's got to take that 100% responsibility. And I know that if I eat really well, then I am setting those conditions for success. But I know if I eat really, if, I know that if I eat badly, then my training is going to suffer. I'm going to feel worse in myself. Um, and yeah, I'm not setting those conditions for success. And after a race, yes, there is time to go to your favorite cafe and or if you're going on an easy ride having coffee and cake and enjoying things like that but at the same time being prepared to sort of go on a training camp and really knuckle down and 
and make sure it's all right. But you can't be you can't be at the top of the mountain the whole time. There has to be peaks and troughs, and yeah. that's how that's how we get better. Otherwise, you end up just plateauing and and not enjoying it as much. So yeah, I think yeah, it's a it's a huge part in mm. yeah a huge part in our lives, and yeah, I want to enjoy it as as much as I possibly can. Is that is that your favourite non-running hobby? Any others? Did you fancy doing yeah. any other Red Bull sports, like chucking yourself off the side of a cliff with wings? And <laughs> yeah, I, I, w- I would like to. I, yeah, it's a, it's a hobby that's sort of a, a funny one. Yeah, I'm hugely, hugely involved with sport, but it, as we've got a proper sort of family life at home, we've got 10 chickens, two dogs and a tortoise. Um, <laughs> so yeah, they are, they are very quickly becoming a, a hobby as well. And yeah we yeah. end up being so busy that actually at the end of a long day i love to be able to yeah cooking probably is sort of the yeah my main hobby outside of it. it's something that i do three at least three times a day every day um and yeah i absolutely love it and for me it allows me to yeah to be able to sort of sit back take a deep breath and just relax and, and not think about not think about sport or yeah taking the dogs out for a walk uh, i'm a big coffee drinker and have turned into a serious coffee snob yeah. um which i think a lot of people have over the last couple of years now that yeah. making nice coffee at home is so accessible um and yeah i think um yeah i think it's yeah great a uh, great to have things outside of sport to yeah. yeah that you can still set goals for but maybe they're not sort of performance goals but you can still have uh, some direction so you know where you're going yeah Nice, but my my niece has a, a tortoise called William. Oh, but ours is called Herman. <laughs> they're quite mesmerising, even though they don't move very quickly. You just you you can't take your eyes off them when they're plodding. No, they're great. I, I, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely love him. Uh, yeah. yeah, he is. He is great. Absolutely loves loves kale and strawberries. Very good. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Tom, it's been it's been great chatting. Thanks ever so much for coming on. Th- thanks again for hosting the um the, the chat hour on Twitter last night. Um, I'd love to talk more. Uh, th- uh, if ever, anyone wants to connect with you, I know your um your social channels are Tom Evan Tom Evans Ultra, and I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing to seeing how you get on next week with the Wings for Life World Run. Perfect. Thank you. Thanks very much. And yeah, if anyone's got any questions, just uh just reach out but yeah great fun and great to chat and yeah thanks so much cheers tom thanks